Wheel, Kipper, and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nothing like a midweek game to get the energy going again. Woo! Toronto Maple Leafs, Colorado Avalanche. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, David Sisbuba. And the star of Leaf Nation, Sammy McKee. And a, good right, and a good night's sleep will get the energy going again, too, eh, Kipper? What was that? You're good, a good night's sleep last night. You, you got a little more energy today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know why? <laughs> the tequila wore off from Monday. Dried out. I am dry. And ready to go. And I'm staying that way for the next little while. That's what we like to hear. Love it. At least for two hours, for sure. That's all we ask. Well, Unless you guys I'm drive going to Arizona to next. I'm going to Arizona next week. I will probably be a little, won't be as dry. <laughs> no. The weather will be dry, not me. There you go. So we're glad everyone's with us for the next two hours, live on Sportsnet 590. The Fan, our YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify. Let's get her going. Leafs on the ice this morning ahead of their matchup with Colorado. Why, why did you feel the need to print that? Aren't they usually on the ice? Or Wow, well, I was just setting a scene. It's a scene setter. <laughs> well, what? That's a hell of a scene setter. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, you know, I Luke cut, Shen was out there, I, I cut, think. I cut my chops at 680 News, or City News 680, as it's called now, where I was writing a lot of script for news, and got to set the scene. No, no, it's a good okay. scene. Thank you. I said it. The now, scene has been set. Was, it, <laughs> w- 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 uh, was everybody on the ice, or was uh, it an optional? Uh, everyone was on the ice. They had lines. They had practice lines. They had everything going this morning. I, put, I even put those in the lineup for you. Another scene setter. That, uh, that means they mean business tonight. Yeah, I would agree. So we... Kyle has spoken of this. They nothing really seems to fester too long for this hockey club, so we expect a a good game tonight. Yeah, and again, they tend to play well when they are incentivized to play good teams. So Colorado has certainly been that of late. They hung eight on Montreal on Monday night, not too shabby. You know, they're they're one eight of their last eleven. They're they're humming a All little right. bit here. They're and finding the, it. In the next hour, we're going to w- welcome in uh, Arif Dean, who covers the Avalanche for uh, Mile High Sports. He's the host of Hockey Mountain High, so we'll Excellent get to podcast name. Yeah, yeah, Hockey Mountain yeah. High. That's yeah. really good. So <laughs> we're we're excited to get uh, more into detail on Colorado and and their chances of defending their Stanley Cup. In the meantime, as we focus on the Toronto Maple Leafs, where do we start on maybe uh, Austin Matthews and how good he's looked lately and now things get serious for him and the team and be the player that uh, we saw last year? God, that would be nice. But, you know, we, we have seen a few flashes of that lately. Last three games he scored in each one. He's had three assists along the way, so... You know, that that's in, encouraging. And today there was an article out, uh, Jonah Siegel, that he had been playing with a hurt hand, which people had speculated on. I'm not fully saying given Matthews the pass because to me it's the skating that's been an issue. Yeah. Uh, uh, energy sometimes has not been there. Right. And that shouldn't have anything to do with your hand. Agreed. I agree it's an energy thing. But... We have seen over the course of the year where uh, a puck could just explode off his stick mm-hmm. and jump over a blue line and lose the zone. And 
just stuff like that that maybe kind of connects the dots a little bit with his hand. Yeah. You think? Well, yeah, and we had talked for years about how the puck was like a magnet on his blade. Like, talk about on a string. Everything they got, you know, you can't give him a bad pass. And it hasn't felt as magnetic at times this year. So, yeah, it would be great if his hand was hurt all year. And all of a sudden he was like, I'm back. I'm that guy again. Okay, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on Matthews and uh, his star player. The goals to me are secondary, but I think he's he's been really skating well and on on the puck, uh, jumping into holes. I, I think in terms of how he's moving on the ice, uh, uh, I think that's more of what we're we're used to seeing. And the goals, I mean, the other night uh, you know, he falls off the play and gets a tap in at the crease. So I don't know if that's much of a rhythm thing as as it is just that you're moving well and you're confident and you're getting to spaces. Uh, and that's more of what uh, we like to see from him in terms of just getting around the ice and, and, and being, looks like he's light and free and all of that. So that's that's been really nice. It's been a few games now. He's been really skating well. See, that's exactly what you just talked about. Light and free. He has looked heavy and tethered at times this year. You know, like the, the light and free thing's great because that's what I see too. It's It's about his movement and it's about his... You know, ability to look fast because he's a big dude and he hasn't. When when you're not fast, you tend to look slow and behind. He he's looked really good lately. So, I wonder if like conditioning has anything to do with that. I think it's fair to ask when you have a two hour radio show. I think it's fair to say that you know if you want to throw in light and free, mm-hmm. uh, it does make you think. Yeah. There's been stretches of play this year where it's not like he's been bad, but it does look like he's playing off a steak dinner. You know, <laughs> like it's just a looked a little not as light and free. And so that's good. I, you know, I, that the coach is acknowledging it as one thing that Matthews had some quotes about it too, about how he just hasn't felt quite right is, uh, is another. So, but I mean, that's, he's so sick of the line, but your best players got to be your best players. He hasn't been at times this year. So this is, this is a great step for the Leafs. At North's playoffs. Sammy, where's uh, Austin Matthews on your list of things to keep an eye on here for the rest of the regular season? I don't know when I said it, but I feel like I said it within the last couple weeks that there is a possibility that he just turns this baby on. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, we talked about how this is a thing that we've brought up all throughout the year, though, that there's not the 60-goal chase. There's not the the chase of who you're going to be playing in the first round. There's kind of, to be honest, a lot of just another game here, right? And yeah. now that they're starting to get bigger, there's less games left in the regular season. You got to solidify home ice advantage. You know, he knows how good he's going to have to be in the in the in the postseason for the Leafs to win. There is part of me that thinks it's just kind of ramping up here, and that it's just he knows how much more important the games are about to get, and he's ramping it up. And that, like, I'm not suggesting that he wasn't trying before. I guess maybe by saying that in a backhanded way, I am. But I just really do feel like he's turned it on and he's looked a lot more like himself within the last yeah. week or so. Just towards the tail end. He's scored in three season. straight games. Like, it's fallen him around he again. 50 and 50 in the back end of the season last yeah. year. I don't know to if get that's to related. Si- to but... get to 60. Yeah. I just I, I do think there's a world in which he's just kind of turned it on in the last couple of weeks. Just on a quick note here, in about 15 minutes, we're going to get in Eddie Olchuk. Ooh. Man, this is, uh, this is a broadcaster show today. Eddie O. Eddie O and Ray Ferraro in about 40 minutes. Like, it doesn't get any better than that, Sammy. Yeah, good booking by you, Kipper. Really good booking you, by producer, me. Producer Kippy was on fire today. <laughs> good work, good so, work, fella. 
We heard from Adam Oates, who, by the way, guys, like maybe one of, and if if you didn't listen to yesterday's show or or download it, you please, should please do it and listen to Adam Oates, Hall of Famer, discuss. Uh, Trevor Zegers, who's a face and a young star, one of those guys that uh, has already, you know, made an impression for um, probably Instagram goals. Yeah, which was the hot topic of conversation with Adam Oates yesterday, and uh, I just, I just loved his his candid view of where that line is yeah. for for him. But you know, just to switch gears again on Adam Oates. He talked about the need to have Mitch Marner with Austin mm-hmm. and how how important is that to him that he stays with Marner from here on in and is it the is it the biggest reason maybe outside of a legit situation with his hand that you know you go from sixty to forty forty five goals because of Mitch Marner? It's just tough to say when they started the season. What did they play together to start the year? Like 10 games? Matthews had like two or three goals or something, and like they just didn't seem to have that same thing. And again, that just felt like Matthews not having the same... I think think a lot of it... Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that him scoring 60 goals last year wasn't... A lot of it had to do with Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner put a lot of them on a platter for him. Don't get me wrong. But I do think a lot of this is on Matthews just in terms of the way his games looked. Like I think there, I think if he had played with Matthew with Marner all of the year, maybe he'd have two or three more, three or four more. But I don't think he'd be like close to sixty again. Yeah, he was I, dominant. I do think, I do think it's integral now, though, that those guys, you know, now that you got Ryan O'Reilly and another guy for good players to play with, I, I think you leave those two together and try to get the most out of them. All right, did you? You said you gave me the lines. Right in red. They're right in red there, right in front of you. We got Yarn Croc with Matthews and Marner. Nice. So we just talked Matthews and Marner. We got Sammy is happy because Kerfoot's gone. And Callie Yarn Croc, recent goal scorer, left wing. I I think he's a guy that can jump up in short stints, but you know how I feel about Yarn Croc being in a top six. Mid. <laughs> <laughs> what a drop. The timing. He's mid. He's mid. <laughs> He's mid. Um, yeah, that's fair. Okay. But, I mean, they got a bunch of mid left wingers. So. But Sheldon Keefe's going to tell me otherwise on this clip. Oh, I have, uh, yeah, let's let's find out how he thinks of Cali. Let's do it. Uh, it's just you know, something that we haven't really looked at much, but obviously just with stop 11. stop it right there. <laughs> Can, can we get that opening again? Because uh, I think just, he's you know, on board with we, me. Listen, uh, it's just you know something that we haven't really looked at much. No, one more, one more start. Uh, it's just you know something that we yeah, haven't just... really looked at much. But listen, no. listen, we got to listen to the rest of the clip though because he says hilarious. Oh, no, please, I only like yeah. Please, let's just listen. To the rest okay, of the all right, all right, all right. Uh, it's just you know something that we haven't really looked at much, but obviously with eleven and seven, things are pretty fluid there uh, for us. I wanted to get Kerfoot uh, paired with Lafferty a little bit more, uh, just similar type of skill sets in terms of how they they skate and, and move uh, with and without the puck. Um, so I suspect things will move around a fair a fair bit. But you know, if I'm going to use Yarn Croc from time to time in that spot, I. Just wanted to give them a little bit more familiarity, uh, starting with in today, you know, today's morning skate. But I think you'll see things move around there as they have been. So he's like, but Kerfoot, he's still going to be around. <laughs> you can't 
Take away my blankie. So it's just Kerfoot and Lafferty. Yeah, they don't even get a guy. They they're don't even play. get a You know, they're both they great killers. <laughs> they figure we're just going to kill. <laughs> That's a lot of speed, though. Oh, man, they could fly. Look at them get up the rink. And they'll just beat the puck to a square together. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, you know, you... You got to look at every guy in that Matthews and Marner spot. I think, you know, Yarn Crocs on a rush with Matthews the other day makes the right play and not forcing a pass yeah. through him and, and shoots the puck, scores a goal. I mean, the guy's, you know, one goal off a career high now in goals. He's got 15 on the season. Uh, it's just, you know, something that we haven't really looked at much. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to do it. I, but do listen, it. I'm I not... wish. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just wish Yarn Croc could score like that when it's. Not beside Matthews or Marner all the time. That would be or amazing. Nylander. Yeah. Like, go back and look at his goals. Yeah, it's has still, it mostly been with the good it's guys? Still, yeah, yeah. It's mostly with the good guys. It's in that that position. Yeah, what happens? Can he? I like his is shot. It, is it a fixture here? Can you go against Tampa Bay? Against their top six? Yeah, with Yarncroc. You know, I think Matthews and Marner are so good that Yarncroc is a pretty reliable guy. Like, he's at least, I don't think he hurts them. Maybe he doesn't add anything extra to that line. The way when you get, like, the perfection line, all three guys bring their own flavor to it. But I don't think they have a lot of options for guys who add spice. And the difference between him and Kerfoot, you're talking about, you know, a guy that can score with good players. He can, and a guy that can score you with can, You can just stop the sentence that he can score. <laughs> yeah. He he's can got shoot finish. The, you can shoot the puck yeah. in He's got 15 goals this year. Yeah. Kerfoot like, is not showing. Kerfoot's got one since the ball dropped on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Okay, yesterday we were it's March, going... by the way. Sorry? It's March, it's by the March, way. by the way, yeah. It wasn't recent ball drop. Flex seal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's going to be some plug-in tonight. There it go, Derek. Uh, <laughs> yesterday we talked about uh, the rotation that we could possibly see the rest of the week. Samsonov's in. No real surprise here, right? No. Well, I don't think no, so. No. I mean, this is this is the way it's going to go here. They'll, they'll both get their looks. This is, listen, the defending Stanley Cup champions, the guy who you think is going to start game one of the playoffs, I'm, you know, the pressure's on. Samsonoff, Murray's back in the net and available. I got a close eye on old Sammy today. It's a big game for him. Murray's starting to gain some momentum. <laughs> sorry. He's starting to gain some momentum with the coach. All right, let's listen to Keith on Sammy. There's Sammy. Samsonov didn't go tonight. Yeah, yeah, and he's fine. I mean, he's he's just uh, like I, I said the other day. He's a little bit, a little bit less than one hundred percent, and and, uh, and and all of that. And we wanted to make sure he's, he you know, he had a little more time to to be certain that he was one hundred percent. He hasn't missed any time in practices or anything, but you know, he's had uh, you know a little bit of discomfort in the last couple of weeks that we wanted to make sure settled properly. That's a hell of a recovery. Oh, he's back. Yeah. It's only like 97% before, but now he's 100. Yeah, he's he's ready to go. It, yeah. What a miracle. He recovered. <laughs> so he's not... So if you've had the flu or a little bit of a bug, uh, you're not in discomfort. You're just miserable. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think he's masking? Uh, a groin? Uh, a knee? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I I, none of the above. Yeah, I don't think there's anything going on really aside from just wanted to get Murray another start and, you know, Sammy's tired and whatever. You know how it is at this point of the season. Kipper, like, something bugs you. It feels like it's been a while since he played, right? 
Was his last game was they played in Edmonton? His last game would have been Calgary. Mm, that seems like too long ago. No, my bad. Not Calgary, New he, Jersey. He hasn't yeah. uh, been over a week. Yeah, he's, he hasn't been very busy. It's been over a week since he's played. I wonder if a little rustiness, a little rest versus rust. Baby. Would he? I could see him being a little anxious tonight. Yeah, but if I'm not mistaken, they have both played at their best when they've both been available, like when there's been a little bit of a push, right? Like Murray's played well and Samsonov has kind of raised his game a little bit. This might be the best-case scenario to get the, the most out of him. You know, these, are, these are big starts for claiming the crease in playoffs and for him earning his next contract and what the value of that will be. Okay, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on playing the Stanley Cup champions. Well, we've had no shortage of... Uh difficult matchups and difficult games here recently and today is another one and there's more coming here for us so uh, you know there's that that stretch of the schedule where where we've you know you've got to be real good I mean Colorado's definitely playing more like you'd, you'd you'd had expected them to to get to in terms of their quality of play and level of play they're in a much different spot than when we saw them uh around New Year's there so yeah to that degree I mean we you know they have injuries and such but the, the way that they play as a group and certainly with their, their best people on forward and defense, they keep you very honest. Yeah, Winners, eight out of their last 11 on the road. And McKinnon scored five straight games and has 15 goals in his last 15 games. That's not bad. Yeah, that's, he's the but, only guy who can look like Connor McDavid to me yeah. through the neutral zone with the puck yes. barreling through the D. He's the only guy yes. you're like, oh, that's different. Oh, yeah. You know? But it's a fascinating different. The way he – it looks much more like a labor when he's skating. Like, not like it, it's hard for him, but the way he chugs and the way – like, totally. Oh, it's much more it, forceful. It's like yes. a train yes. where it's like you don't want to stand in front of it, whereas McDavid's going to break your ankles by changing and directions. He's like, he's like, McDavid's going how fast? And he barely took a stride? Yeah. Like, it's a very different style. He's I, light and effervescent while I, McKinnon is. You, you know who the <laughs> second hottest scorer is on the ads, don't you? Yeah, it's Dennis Malgan. <laughs> Sorry? Dennis Malgan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I brought that up the other day and you Speaking made fun of, of trains. me. trains. I, I didn't think you were serious. Yeah, yeah. He's hot. Guy's hot. He's on the second line with Val Nachushkin and JT Comfort tonight. A top six forward How on the could Stanley the Cup championship team. could the top six forward? Yeah. They could have Malgan, Barabanov, <laughs> and Patan as a line and they let them all go. I think I'm going to do a parlay tonight because Galchenyuk's getting into the lineup tonight for them too. A Galchenyuk Malgan goal parlay. He's plus six billion. And it's a lock. Yeah. It's like, a virtual lock. If I would, yeah, Malgan is scoring tonight. That is an absolute promise to both of you. <laughs> I, I know. It's so I've true. never he, been he, more he, sure he, of anything. You predict Buffalo is going to beat the Leafs on Monday. I, I, I got to go with him. I hope there's a camera on Dubas when Malgan hangs two on him tonight oh and he just looks God. over at like Shanny or someone and goes, hmm, hmm, hmm. Who'd they trade him for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hunt. They are Dryden, oh, yeah, Dryden Hunt. Yeah, they they have. Who they traded again? They have been bitten hard though. Every time it's like one step forward, two back. Lekin in out of the line of four to six weeks. Uh, you know they miss Josh Manson. Yeah, yeah, he's had some rough injury luck, hasn't he? Obviously an exceptional player, but they're still without Landeskog. They're they're hanging in there, but I mean they're still you know they're on the cusp of the top of the division yeah. again. 
Just pull out my fancy color yeah. sheet here. And and Nate's already uh, playing the underdog, uh, underdog card. Yeah, well, yeah, if we're in a wild card yes. spot, we'll be tough. I, I think, no, I think he's doing the opposite of the underdog card. He's saying we're better than that? Yeah, no, he said, like, no one wants to face us if we're in an under, the uh, wild card spot. All right, I'll take that. I prefer that. Yeah. Be who I'm you think call you Eddie. are. Three games at hand of the Dallas Stars uh, and, and seven points back. Four points behind the Minnesota Wild right now, this Colorado team. So they got some they got some work to do to catch up. All right. We got one it's, last uh, one here for you, pal. You got one more clip? Yep. It's uh, discussing the idea of Luke Shen. Or do you want to go to Edzo first, or should we uh, fit this clip in here? Let's do it. Let's play the, let's play the clip on uh, Keith on Luke Shen status. For lots of reasons, but, you know, the biggest one that he – Today's morning skate, you're not getting much out of that. He's traveled, and it's two two days in a row he didn't skate leading up to today. And, you know, he'll get a chance to get a full practice tomorrow with, you know, players on the ice and competing and all of those kind of things. So we'll, we'll start to get him. Today's a good step to get him ramped up and then make some decisions from there for the weekend. There you go. We got uh, yeah, it's, a little it, too quick to just insert him. It is, but... Depending on on where on where you have him slotted and how is he is he got a chance to be a, an everyday player for you in the in the first round? If so, you got to get him in the lineup. All right, let's welcome in Edzo Eddie Old Chuck, former NHL player, color analyst with Seattle Kraken and TNT. Are we good? Why are you guys looking at me like I got three heads? <laughs> All right. Did you make up? Did you make up that introduction on your own, or were you reading that, Kipper? Listen, I can't do anything no, without no, no, Sammy. Listen, it's just awesome. Justin, how are you, buddy? Nice oh, great, great to hear you, Edzo. Yeah, it's on a giant cue card. I won't lie. Great work. Yeah. <laughs> how are you? you? You okay? You're not running out of gas this sure. year, are you? No, 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 no. We're uh, we're good. We're we're on the right side of the grass and. Uh, uh, it is an interesting time of year because you know, everywhere we go now, especially with you know the NHL and TNT, and as you mentioned, we're in town here, Kipper and Justin for uh, for the Avs and Leafs tonight. But it's you know what have teams done? Uh, how have they handled you know the trade deadline, and then it's 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 post. Uh, it's it's uh, understanding and, and taking a look at it and how is it all going to play out and it's hard to believe that we're you know just over 30 days from the playoffs starting and you know there's still obviously a few matchups we have no idea what the hell is going to happen but some we have an idea so it's it's as you as you guys know it's an incredible time of year and lots of questions and uh, you know lots of opinions not many answers but at the end of the day this is why we do what we do so it is uh, feeling good and. Looking forward to, uh, you know, the last, uh, just for an eighth to go here, and then we'll see how it all plays out in 30-plus days. Edzo, before you joined us, we were listening to Sheldon Keefe talk about Luke Shen, who's in town, not playing tonight, you know his sort of situation. What are your thoughts on where and how he'll fit in with this Leafs team that's been toying with this 11-7 and format, um, which is something they haven't really done over Keefe's tenure? Yeah. Well, I think sometimes it's the hand that's your belt. And, yeah. you know, with the injury, the injury to O'Reilly, uh, would they be playing 11 and seven, um, 
if they were, you know, if, if O'Reilly was healthy, I mean, we can, you can play that game until you're blue in the face. I mean, sometimes you just got to dress 11 and seven out of the necessity and having stood behind the bench for a couple of years, a long time ago, there is that thought process. Look, I got to, I got to get this guy in the game, you know, and especially when you start bringing in, you know, the, the new bodies uh, in the lineup. And we, and we, and we met uh, myself, Kenny Albert and Keith Jones were doing a game for TNT tonight. We met with Sheldon this morning. Uh, we're going to get a chance to meet with coach Bednar here shortly, but, you know, it's, it is that challenge of, you know, not only getting guys in and then, you know, obviously with Luke Shen and his, his personal, uh, you know, issues of dealing at home that, you know, that he's had to deal with, um, with his wife. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you, you got to get guys in there and sometimes just out of necessity, you're going to have to go to 11 and seven if you got so many defensemen there. So I, I think, it is what it is, and look, we we know, we all know what Luke Shen brings. I mean, that's why there was such a high demand. I mean, I heard at least, you know, ten plus teams had been really kicking the tires on Luke Shen, and you know what you're going to get, and he gives you a little bit of something that the Leafs, you know, don't didn't have a lot of, especially on the back end. And when you're a forward and you're coming down or you're playing below the top of the circles. Um, I'm not sure, Justin, if there are any uh, numbers or analytics to to, to look at, uh, you know, how many times a guy gives a shot with a stick or a cross-check in the ribs or a cross-check in the back. But mm-hmm. I would I would venture to say that those numbers would be pretty damn good for a guy Luke, like Luke Shen. And that takes its toll on guys, whether it's game one, you know, period two of game one in a playoff series, or most importantly, uh, being a Stanley Cup champion like he is, uh, maybe game six or game seven, uh, that has its toll. And, you know, you got to have your head on a swivel when he's on the ice. And that's that's a real positive thing. I, I think that Kyle and his staff addressed some some major needs. But, yeah, right now, maybe, you know, maybe it isn't. It's probably not ideal. I think if you talk to a lot of defensemen, um, you know, they'd rather be in the lineup than sitting up uh, with us watching the game. Um, it's probably not ideal, but you got to get them games and you got to see who can do what. And you just never know when somebody goes down and you're going to need to play uh, and just throw two, you know, two new guys, throw Gustafson and Shen out there together. And yeah, I've, I've got at least a game and a half or two games that I've seen them play. And I have confidence that they can play or, you know what, I want to stay away from that combination and, and then figure it out from there. So I know there's a lot there, but, uh, I, I believe it's, uh, you know, out of necessity sometimes, but then also too, it's like, okay, well, I, I got to get these guys in and, and uh, we'll figure it out from there when we get completely healthy and then go back to our normal 12 and six. We're talking to Eddie Olchuk, former teammate of mine, TNT broadcaster extraordinaire. <laughs> that was like that? really uncomfortable. <laughs> you you got to practice that stuff. I mean, really. It's my charm. Uh, for, uh, it's my charm Eddie that I'm not uh, good at it. Former, yeah, former teammate of mine. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I kind of look at it the other way is that you were a former teammate of mine because I am a little <laughs> bit older. So <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you've you've played at the highest level. You've coached at the highest level. Eleven and seven. You can talk about all you want about uh, depth, but I gotta think I still hate it, or at least. At least defense. As a forward, if I saw... No, the forwards don't. Right, more ice time, maybe. Yeah, 100%. But, nobody's, 
nobody's look at nobody's texting or emailing or calling Sheldon Keefe after the game complaining okay. that little Johnny isn't getting more ice time. What, what about the, the defense? Love it. What about the defense? I don't want to see an extra guy well, sitting just, there. I don't know if you listened to the last four minutes of me talking about the defense. I mean, obviously you didn't, or maybe your your right ear is is, is is not hearing correctly. I just said, like, look at some guys. You know, it's it's not easy. It it, it isn't, but. Would you rather be in there as a 7D or whatever the D is, or would you rather be sitting out? I mean, like, at least for right again. But players will be thinking about this. Good good for the seventh guy sucks for the first four. Well, why why, why is that? A rhythm, uh, room on the bench. I don't know. It's just... It's just a f- bad feel for me anyways. And I don't know if it's just a thing well, that teams now do. It's much more accepted now than it was maybe 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, but I, th- I think a lot of, I think, I think more so, I think this started. And I mean, I look at it, it'd be interesting to get, you know, uh, you know, a real veteran coach that's been around for, you know, for a long, long time. I mean, I, first guy I think of, I mean, obviously it would be Joel Quinville, but I mean, you could talk to Bruce Boudreaux and go like, sometimes it's about, I want to get Matthews double shifting. I want to get Marner out there double shifting. And I look at you can't do that. Even if you have 12 and six, I understand that. And there is a risk with that. If, you know, somebody goes down or, I mean, look at, look at what the Rangers had to do in order to make the trade to get Kane to to the Rangers. I mean, they were addressing what 11 and five at one point. I mean, you know, like because of the, the gymnastics with the salary cap. So look at you're, your best players, and you guys tell me who, you know, Kipper, you said the four, the top four. Okay, whoever the top four you think are the Maple Leafs, those, those guys are going to get their reps. They're going to get their minutes. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe you might go out there one time with, with Gustafson or, or maybe McKay bumps up or every once in a while. But, you know, like, I think most guys, once they get into the game, yeah, you want to be going out there all the time. But the understanding is, is that those guys usually are – a piece of the puzzle and you're going to need them at some point. And as I said earlier, out of necessity, sometimes regardless of what the end, you know, I mean, the end game, we, uh, the end goal or the end game, we understand, but I think that you, you know, for the forwards, they love it because there's a better chance of me getting out there a little bit more with only 11 and 12. And so what can we draw for a conclusion from a Colorado team season where, I mean, everyone's been hurt. The biggest, the, the, yeah. the best players in the team have been struggling. Like, they're third in their division, but, like, do we still feel like this is one of the league's elite teams once they get everyone? Uh, yes, I think they're, they're the most dangerous team in the Western Conference if they can get, you know, some sort of healthy. I think the only thing that we're waiting for for any kind of an injury or whatever is when you ask uh, Coach Jared Bednar about, you know, a, a certain guy's situation and he comes back on, you know, you know, why he isn't playing and, you know, is he hurt? Has he got a leg? Has he got a knee? Has he got a groin? Well, uh, only his feelings are hurt because he's a healthy scratch tonight. Like I think he's, 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 he's probably just, right. you know, dying to say, you know, he's not playing because we don't need him. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, the season's been unbelievable, but, you know, the West is absolutely wide open, Justin. And, and yeah, I, I think it it really is. But the avalanche to me is when they're going and they're healthy, but they haven't, you know, they've gone on a couple of runs and, you know, but they have had these, you know, these injuries and the run of them, which is really hard to comprehend. I mean, the other night, Lekkanen gets hurt. He's going to be out now a period of time. And he's a really, really important part to this team 
uh, not only positionally, but, you know, the units that he plays on and real integral on the power play. But again, look, it's somebody else's opportunity to step in here. And, but I think if they can get there, you know, everybody will, will still question, like I think we all did last year is, you know, is the goaltending, uh, is the goaltending good enough? You know, can, can it be uh, good enough to be able to do what happened last year? And everybody had question marks about Darcy Kemper. You know, he, you know, he got injured. I mean, he was at least, uh, you know, having some issues with uh, that stick in the, in the eye that he took earlier in the, in the year and some issues in the playoffs. And then Francois came in and they were able to, you know, win some games, but yeah, I think everything on a, you know, equal level, and we haven't even mentioned Landis Scott yet and, you know, forget him just coming back, but you know, here's a guy that hasn't played in a long time. So it's going to take him, you would imagine uh, a few games or two, if he can get back or a series, if he indeed comes back, can he get back to, a real impact type of player. So I think there are questions, but looking at the West, um, I think the one team, if I could, uh, I think the one team I think is most intriguing and I don't think gets anywhere near the pub. It should is LA uh, really? with the acquisition of Corpus Allo, uh, you know, getting Gavrikov in uh this is like Todd McClellan's done a hell of a job there. Like they, they went through a tough time there early. They weren't getting a lot of saves. They're playing a lot of high scoring games and they've, they found their game here to last. I'm just going to say 30 games or so. And they're, they're big. They're heavy. They've got experience. Kopitar's playing out of his mind. Now they've got a guy that, you know, looks like he can be, instead of seeing, you know, 15 A chances in Columbus, he's probably only seeing, you know, eight to 10 right now in, in LA. And you like your chances with a really elite goaltender. So I, I think LA is a, is a real interesting team. And then Vegas has found their, their defensive structure and Bruce Cassidy's done a hell of a job there and they're scoring goals now. And so I think it, it, it is wide open, but long winded, I think if Colorado can, you know, get some sort of healthy. I think everything goes through Colorado. I don't care where they finish. They can finish eighth or third or whatever it is. I think they'd be, you know, they're going to be a, they're going to be one heck of a tough out. Just one more for me in the West. And that is whether or not Winnipeg and Seattle let Nashville back into the party here. Mm -hmm. Calgary gives up a huge point to the Coyotes last night, but a nervous time for Seattle, who had been real good up until what, maybe about a week, week and a half ago at home. Well, they just lost two games to uh, to Dallas at home. Uh, you know, they've they've had some games here, like they had the Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa was on that what the I think the five game trip, right? And, and they got hammered in Chicago, and then they came to Seattle and. They got a big lead, that being Ottawa, and then Seattle came back and had them on the ropes, and then Giroux made a hell of a play, and next thing you know, Ottawa wins the game. Uh, but I think for Seattle is that look at they they're you know they're in a they're in a pretty good spot because you know they've got Edmonton on Saturday afternoon, they're in San Jose tomorrow night, they've got Nashville a couple of more times, and I think they have Arizona three times, they have Chicago one time now, really as we've seen. Uh, some of these teams that have, you know, that are bubble teams, obviously are still got everything to gain, but the teams at the bottom have really, you know, like 
they're playing loose. They're playing free. Uh, we saw Chicago take out Boston. We saw Arizona, as you mentioned, Kipper with, with Calgary. They've, you know, the last 20-some games, I think they've gotten points. So that being Arizona, they've gotten points in, you know, what, 14 or 15 games. So they're play well. There, there are no easy games, and, you know, you got to go out there and find a way. Uh, so, yeah, Winnipeg and Seattle here the last little recent time, they've kind of gone through a tough time, but I mean, everybody has. And I think you are what your record is right now, and everybody keeps saying, well, Calgary's going to go on a run. You know, I mean, they're, they're going to go on a run. They're going to go on a run. Well, have they gone on a run yet? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know if that – I don't know if that – I don't think that answer is yes, but they're still hanging around, and you're right. When you do have a little bit of a dive and you lose – you know, five or seven or whatever it might be, even though, you know, you win seven games on the road, like Seattle did a little bit earlier, you win, a, you know, you, you go on the road and win four in a row. Like it's tough. Like, like that, that's, that's what it's going to come down to is, is, you know, can you, can you play to your record? And if you play to your record, Winnipeg and Seattle will both make it like down the stretch. What do you got? 15 games or whatever it is. If they play to their record, and Justin, you would know this better than anybody with the numbers. Like if they play to their record, they're going to get in. And but you got to start, you know, get accumulating the points and giving yourself some separation. And for Seattle, it starts tomorrow night in San Jose. Hey, listen, don't ever question my right ear. If I've got issues with my right ear at all, it's because you chewed it off in 1994 <laughs> with your okay. Well, give me a chance. Headlines, sports. That's what friends do. And second of all, that that was like a, that was like a very aggressive uh, attack before you started your uh, your statement there. So I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the energy and the passion, and uh, I love you guys, and I look forward to being here in Toronto and round one at some point against the Lake. Have a have a great call, Eddie. Thanks, okay, appreciate boys. you. At old Chuck, yeah. former NHLer, and I was his teammate. <laughs> Make that clear. Great stuff. He's got the call tonight for TNT in the U.S. of A. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Well, we got a couple minutes here. All right. I do want to throw something out there before we do that. Is... Canada baseball? What's that? Canada baseball? Oh, what are they up to? Oh, they're just playing in a big game against Mexico. Win or go home, and they're the first are we inning. Winning? Uh, we're down two one in the first inning, but big RBI knock from Blue Jays prospect Otto Lopez. Oh, big Otto Lopez. And guy we here. have no yeah. uh, Freddie. No, Freddie. He the Dodgers are like, we're done, and they pulled him. He's gone. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, Hang he, I saw Vlad. He's gonna go or nah, wants he was to go. Talking about going, but don't go. But no. Oh yeah. come on. But yeah. Hang nail. Freddie. Yeah, something with his hammy, and the Dodgers are like, uh, enough. Bye bye. <laughs> we're paying this guy eight hundred million dollars per year. <laughs> yeah. He's coming back to yeah. LA. Can't, we're gonna have a look at him. That man. tells you all you need to know and how important that tournament is. Seriously. What were you gonna say, Bonnie? I was gonna say that the you know with all the uh, injuries the Avalanche have had. Um, you know, guys have had to step up for them to be third in their division. Um, Miko Rantanen's season is maybe one of the under-discussed yes. great seasons in the NHL 100%. this year. Um, any guess at how many goals he's got this year? A lot. Yeah. 40. Yeah, 43. Really? Fourth in the NHL in goals behind McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Pasternak. That's a good company. He, sh- he should yeah. be in, like, I guess on merit, you'd be talking about him as potentially a heart finalist if you're talking about most valuable. Oh, he's been right? essential like, to that just team. Think about now Landis Cog coming back to that lineup. Oh, I know. Like, you want to talk about the ultimate like warrior? Yeah. Power forward. I love, I love Landis Cog. How can you not? Yeah. And by the way, uh Lekkinen, who's out is 50 points in 60 games. He's been having an unbelievable season too. So those two guys are obviously integral to, to yeah. their success, but And I do like Lars Eller coming in with his playoff 
Savvy. That's a nice addition. I will say, so Rantanen has 78 points in 65 games. That's 17th in the NHL, just behind William Nylander. So little love for our hometown boy here with 35 goals and 44 assists. What a season he's having. And he is two points away from a career high. Bill is. Yep. Yeah. All right. We go from one great broadcaster to another. Ray Ferrar is going to join us after the break. So what's the deal now? He is, uh, of course, ESPN. Yes, sir. Last night they had this cartoon Oh yeah. Live cartoon game was was Ray part of that? If, if I hadn't no, seen no, that was, and you were describing that, I'd be like, what are you talking about? It was about? Mass who was on the call last night. Mass was on the call. So it wasn't Ray. But Kevin Weeks did the no, color commentary for they, Big they, City Greens. Like I saw Kevin Weeks in oh, the know. in the cartoon. Well, you, we have the man. You should ask him. We're gonna ask him. Perfect. If Disney uh drew him a middle aged, crusty guy (laughs) (laughs) i know the goalies were i think the ref was a chicken and the goalie was something else they used the player tracking to anyway they should have done the the rest as the three blind mice all right ray (laughs) ferraro espn hockey analyst after the break you're watching and listening to real kipper and born breaking down the top stories in the nhl every day the jeff merrick show subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, we'll go from Eddie Olchuk from TNT to Ray Ferraro, ESPN. Great guess. I wonder if this is like in this first real year of like Channel 7 versus Channel 9 kind of a anchorman thing going. <laughs> Like right now, not, <laughs> right now, in, in a knife fight, who would you take, TNT or ESPN? Listen, I'm picking whoever side Ray's on every time. Ray, who are you going with? If you've seen me fight. <laughs> I have. I'm picking, I'm picking whoever's on the other side because they probably win. Did I, Kip, I, you know, I'm sure, Kip, you know, like we've all, I know you, you have, but, you know, you, Halfway through a fight, you go, I'm in the wrong fight. (laughs) (laughs) You got a memorable one? Oh, boy. My rookie year, I fought Steve Thomas. Oh, big mistake. Yeah, halfway through that, I realized he's the middleweight champ of the world. Yes. To steal a line from Jamie McLennan, I came third in that fight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I made a couple of mistakes early in my junior career going up against against Stumpy. Oh, and then you're like, where are they? You know, because I don't know how to fight really to start with anyway, but I figure he's my size and it can't be that bad. And I'm like, where are all these punches coming from? Like, what, how many guys am I fighting? And so when when he got traded to the Islanders, I used to say from time to time to him, hey, Stump, tell the guys about the time I kicked your ass in Toronto. And he'd go, yeah, I had to go to the hospital, broke two knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, they could put that in, in, in uh, your uh, animation show last night for, for Disney and ESPN. I'm, I'm looking for you. In that, in that animation, where were you? I I didn't make the cut. Didn't make it. And by the way, I thought that was amazing. Like, was could awesome. you imagine if you were a little kid 
and you got to see that, and then they, you know, they interview the referee, and it's a chicken, and like I just, I don't know, I thought it, it really, it doesn't take the game very seriously. Yet, if you're watching hockey, the kids are playing video games all the time, and they all got these little caricatures. And I just thought, I, I thought the whole thing was awesome. I'd never go back to the real thing if I was like a kid. <laughs> like, why would you want to listen to a bunch of us talk? You go listen to guys in animation. I thought it was great. Well, it certainly seems like there's room for growth in that department. I know other sports, like Nickelodeon, has done some stuff with the other leagues. So hopefully, we see some more of that. Um, Ray, we probably won't see it this year anytime soon by the time the Leafs play the Lightning in the first round. We haven't had you on this season. I'd be remiss if I didn't get your thoughts on this year's iteration of the Toronto Maple Leafs and, hey, their chances against that same old Tampa Bay Lightning team. Uh, I think the the worry that it's the, oh, the Leafs always have a good regular season and they have a bad playoff, and I get why that's just baked into the mindset of the fans in Toronto. I mean, it's been forever, right? I think they're really good. I, I don't, I don't love their goaltending. So, you know, you're going to, most teams are going to end up second place to Vasilevsky anyway. So that's, I mean, that's just the way it is. So the next concern would be, is that defense going to be stout enough in a playoff series yet for the most part this year, all the time it's been, while it might not look the way you want, it has been really pretty good. And their forwards are deeper, um, more varied um, in their construction as opposed to in the past. Uh, I think they're a better team than Tampa this year. I, Tampa's team, through the number of games they've played the last three years, the defections that have gone through free agency – the age, you know, that, that, you know, creeps up while you're not looking. Uh, they're not as good a team as they were in the past. I mean, I think it'll be a hell of a series, but uh, I, I think Toronto should be relatively confident that they've got the right, time, the right team for this time. God, it, it makes so much sense. Uh, but you, you'll never get John Cooper to admit that they're tired or they've played so much hockey, but... Um, is that what we've seen in the last 10 or 15 games or is it, is it mental? Like why haven't they been a, a good hockey club uh, the last what month, maybe 500. Well, I would say Kip, it's a couple of things. One is that there, it, it's hard to play championship hockey or top caliber hockey for 82 games. Imagine trying to do that for three years or four years now. And yet they've only got 22 losses. It's not like they're a disaster. But Stamkos um, has been in a bit of a lull before he got hurt. Uh, Point and Kucherov have been the, the big boys all year. You know the guy that's really struggled, and I think it hurts them immeasurably to his standard, is Victor Hedman. He just has not had a great year by Norris caliber standards. And that given, you know, you lose Ryan McDonough as well. You lose a guy like Jan Ruta, who you never really look at, but man, he kind of just fit in that mix there. Their, their defense isn't as good. They don't, they don't, they don't 
They spend more time in their zone. Check out the number of times they give up 40 shots in a game. It's it's kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're just so well-coached and well-seasoned that they can work around that. I just... I think it's going to be hard to just continually kick it up another gear, another gear, another gear. And it kind of feels like this is the best Nylander's ever been. I mean, clearly Matthews has got another gear, yet he's starting to heat up a little bit. Marner's had a, an amazing year. Like they're, you know, you add O'Reilly and Tavares had a real, like they're just, I'm going to go through the lineup and go, I just think they're better constructed. I, I think they're a, a pretty well-constructed team. And if you go through any team in the league, you can nitpick one part of their roster because the cap means you can't have everything. Yeah, that is the reality, which is why it's been strange this year when we've been sitting here and we've been talking about the Bruins and going, well, that's a team that has it, right? They they seem like they've been perfect. They've had their first little lull here, a couple of losses, but I don't think anyone's panicking over the Bruins. Do you feel that they're as good as their record reflects? Like right now, if you look at them, they're one of the best records in NHL history if they continue this pace. Do you think they're that good and that dangerous come playoffs? I have a hard time. You know how you you remember things from when you were a kid, and I have a hard time remembering that, or or equating this Bruins team to the Canadians of seventy six, seventy seven, yeah. or or those Islander great teams. I'm like like there's that your dad played for. Like there's just no. I, I don't see it yeah. yet. Win 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 win. It's amazing. They don't give up any goals. They don't, I mean, I know they've taken a nap here for the last four games or so, but even if you look at the construction of their team, they're helped by a couple of things. Pasternak's extension doesn't kick in until next year. They're paying their top two centers $3.5 million combined. Right. Like, that, that just doesn't happen, right? Like, how, how could that be? Could that be a weak spot once you get to games 90? Of the season, maybe. But I, if I'm the Bruins, I look at the schedule, and what have they got, like 15 games left? I think the next, like, until you get to seven games left, I'm not worried about a thing for the Bruins except making sure my guys are healthy and rested as possible. If that means Bergeron sits out four of the next eight games, I don't care. Same with Krejci. I don't care. But I need about five to seven games so they can recalibrate before the playoffs and if you're the Bruins what the the points record like who cares who who cares it's you could get the points record and then get kicked in the pants in the first round like who want good congratulations they don't want that they're they're built in a really solid consistent way they look so organized and you know one other one point I'll say on that is or to and that is that when Jim Montgomery took over, we were doing one of their early games, and he said, look, I was lucky here because the Bruins have been a great defensive team for a lot of years. I've got a couple of the assistant coaches from that team in, um, in Chris Kelly and Joe Sacco who are back. He goes, we didn't change a thing really defensively, not too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, why change? My job was to get more offense, and that's where you see their D are way more active all over the place, up the ice, in the zone. Uh, they play a more aggressive offensive style. But 
he's like, we already had the defensive foundation here. Like, what a luxury, right, to be able to build from. You know, just thinking about the Bruins, and you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, because if 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 things continue to have rolled the last 15 games, you know the, the narrative right off the bat is they haven't faced any adversity, and it's coming. Yeah, but what are you going to do, right? You're like you... You have it. That's for us to talk about. For them, you can only play the game in front of you. They just happen to be better than everybody else. And so they, whatever, except, I will say this though, go back to September. Who didn't think about the Bruins? The top two centers are 37 years old. They don't have McAvoy, Marchand, or Greslick into November. Man, if they can just hang on, they're going to be okay. And then they won their first eight games or eight of their yeah. first nine. Like they've now they don't have Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno, who, by the way, I, I don't know how you can't feel good for one of the good guys in the game. He's had a miserable couple years with injury and he was on waivers last year. And he, until he got hurt, he's had a fantastic year. Yes. But once they get him and Hall back, their team really rounds out again. I, I think they've dealt with everything they have to. And they've had to this year, and they put themselves in a position to, to to make a good run of things. Will it happen? I don't know, but man, I I'd sure like to be starting at the at the starting line from their position. We're talking to Ray Ferraro, ESPN hockey analyst. Uh, you like anything in the East in terms of uh, teams getting back in it? It's almost as if you know, we watch Pittsburgh lose uh, to Montreal and. Uh, the Islanders lose to LA and you're like, like where, where's the push going to come from now to challenge them? It it doesn't seem to be there from Florida at times or Buffalo at times. Are are they going to just get in by default here or is someone going to push? Well, you know what, Kip, the, the two teams I keep staring at Florida, I can't quite get my head around because they're not like they viewed this, and they've said it kind of off and on as a, as a little bit of a reset year. You know, they've got all kinds of money coming off the books next year. Um, they feel like, you know, they, they almost felt like they were going to take a step back this year. And, and really they have. I mean, they had 122 points last year. But they've got a couple of games in hand on the Islanders. They're just, they're just three points back. Buffalo's got, what, they got three games in hand. They're five points back. So it's not over yet. I think Pittsburgh's going to make it. I really do. Um, even though it must be confounding to watch and coach that team because, man, they were, they gave up seven shots in the first period yesterday and they're down four, two. Yeah. Like you don't need great goaltending, but you can't have that goaltending. And you can't I, have guys on the bench looking through their, their gloves. Oh, Kip, how many times you just sit there and you look back and you go, just one of them. Get in front of one of them. Could you? <laughs> we don't need them all. Just something. Help us out. One team and, that and it's fresh. Yeah. You know the goalies looking out. You know when when I lose my man twelve feet from the net and the guy hammers a one timer in. You, you know he's looking at you like, really? Did you not see him there? <laughs> it goes but, both ways. But never when when heels was in that. Oh, <laughs> you! I loved going back there when heels was having a bad day. 
and you'd go back there, and he would just start giving it to you from about five feet away. All I was doing was going back there to say, hey, don't worry about it. He's giving it to me from four different directions. <laughs> there would have been a better chance of you getting slashed by him than he'll slashing the other team. I'm going to go off the board and tell my favorite Glenn Healy story. We're in St. Louis. He doesn't start, so he is sour beyond belief. And there was no room in the old rink for the spare goalie on the bench, so he sat down in the Zamboni entrance. (laughs) Just like a little kid that had a head sticking over the boards. Halfway through the second period, Brett Hall gets his third goal. They're playing the Budweiser song. Everybody's throwing hats on the ice. Al Arbor tells me, go tell Heels he's going in. (laughs) So all all the guys are coming on the ice to shovel the hats up, and... I'm skating through them going back. Heels is just sitting on his chair with his arms folded. He sees me coming, and he's shaking his head. Yes. Like, I, I know this one, yeah. He's like, I'm not going. I'm not and I going. go, I go, Heels, Al says you got to go in. He goes, you tell him to go in. <laughs> Heels, come on. So I turn around, I go back to the bench, and, and Al's, you know, Al had that big, deep voice. He's like, where's Healy? And I go, he says he's not coming. He goes, you go down there. So I turn around again, and here comes Heels through the guys collecting the hats to come off to the ice. It was so good. <laughs> That's an all-timer. I mean, you got to have some personalities on the team. I actually want to ask you about that with the Leafs. Like, you know, they they added some guys, Nola Chari, Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe, some guys who – you know, aren't afraid to get in the face of the other guys and have some of that personality. Like, do you agree with the direction they went here, trying to get a little sandpaper and, I guess, personality to a team that didn't have a ton of it? Yes, because a couple well, a couple things first. I'll start with Kyle Dubas. I, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, what else do people want him to do? Like, the team's got 115 points again. Right. right. Like, what... What exactly is he supposed to do? Like, where, where, where have they fallen down here building this team? I don't see it. Now, you could say a couple of years ago they were way too top-heavy. They, they, they added guys that were past their due date. So I use this example. They, they added players that were $10 players that only had $6 left to give. Like, that's all they had in their tank. Right. That's not what they did this year. Like, Sam Lafferty is a player that on 29 teams, nobody's going to notice. And he gets more play in Toronto because it's Toronto. But he's a good player. Like, he can do his job and do it effectively and will do it effectively when the games get hard. Nola Chari is like a bowling ball that you start at the top of the hill and he hits everything on the way down. Like, that's just, he's played that from the first second he came into the league. Yeah. O'Reilly has some game left, like some top-end game. Now, I worry about his foot speed always, but he's not been fast forever. He's really smart. He knows how to play. Now, all of this looks great, and the personality is right, and they were able to target shop for the pieces they need. I think that's always more effective than teams that take the big swing at the deadline. The big swing rarely works. It's more the teams that have a lot of their team in order and they target shop. Those ones seem to be the teams that do better. Well, as far as uh, chemistry goes, I think Toronto's been searching for it. 
and the New York Rangers as well. Uh, do you buy into that it does take some teams a lot more time after a trade deadline? Oh, I do. I think it depends on the significance of the change, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look at the Rangers. Like, last year, guys, they target shopped. They went and got Frank Petrano, Andrew Kopp, and Tyler Mott. They're not world beaters. But, man, those guys fit perfect. I like I'm, Detroit has Kopp in the middle, which is where he was drafted and where his original position is. I like him on the wing because I think he forechecks better. He's a better complementary player. Vetrano does has one elite NHL skill, and that's a shot. And he, he didn't need the puck. Just when it came to him, he shoots it in the net. And so that fit. Mott was a really good penalty killer. So you didn't have to change much. Right now, Gerard Gallant's juggling balls all over the place. What is the best place for Kane? Who's the best center for Tarasenko? Where does the power play all fit? How do you make it all work? I think it's a real challenge in New York. I, I really do. Hey, Razor Man, really appreciate your time on our show, and I'm pushing hard to get you um, a cartoon. Oh, I've, I'm, I'm a cartoon character. Actually, <laughs> I'm going for that middle-aged, crusty look. Oh, yeah, but hang on. If there's somebody that should be in a cartoon, it's you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Could you imagine... Could you imagine your avatar, Kip? Two things, your laugh and your ass. Could oh. you imagine? <laughs> Which one's bigger? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Great stuff, man. Enjoy the rest of the season. We'd love to have you on back, okay? You betcha. You guys be well, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Take Great care, everybody. ESPN hockey analyst. Uh... Oh, he's hilarious. I oh, he is. He's uh, as good as it gets, man. Yeah. Knows his stuff. That was a delight. And I got to say, if you're a Leafs fan and you heard that interview, oh, did you enjoy that? You're like, yeah. oh, Tampa Bay's reeling. The the Leafs yeah. ads are good. You know, the, you know, Dubas did good things to the deadline. Tickled a lot of people's fancies out there. Yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might have. I enjoyed that. Uh, just to kind of pick up on the, on the New York Rangers. Um uh, mm. I know you guys, Sammy, how many games did you watch last night? Every game. I hope you played next rewards, too. I, crap. I uh, that's all right. You don't want 50 <laughs> I bucks. The bag, I would have been, hey, been rich. Um, yeah. You like the Rangers a lot, eh? I do. I do. I just, I think that come playoffs, the last year they showed they can do it in the pressure situations. The kid line's a year older. They got scoring depth, great D-men. They got a great goalie, like... Kane's best game last night. You know, like, uh, that's the part. The chemistry up front has to be sorted out a little bit, but I would not like to face them. Watching Mark Messier last night call the game for ESPN, and uh, a big thing, a topic of conversation was him, was the the chemistry Mm -hmm. and it needing time. But it's almost as if I watched Pat Kane last night kind of go, all right. All right, I'm feeling Uh, uh, his way in. Well, but we need a shooter here. Oh, yeah. Right? And I can shoot the puck. And I think if he kind of has that mentality now that I've got enough dishers here where I could start really focusing on shooting the puck in the net. Yeah. Kind of like Connor McDavid conscientiously said to himself at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm changing it up a little bit here. Yeah. No, that's, you know, and elite players do that. You know, like how am I best used? What What skills can I, you know, bring to this group? And he... Initially, probably a little bit, well, you know, you want to show your new line mates that you're great vision, you're helping them out, you're fun to play with, and eventually you get to the point where I might be best suited firing this thing in the net. 
I mean, Panarin, Zibanejad, Tarasenko as a first line is all kinds of nifty, but Kreider, Trocheck, Kane is good. Lafreniere, Heedle, Kako. They just got a little bit of everything for you. They do. That's a good team, man. Miller and Truba, Mikola and Fox. Yeah. I mean, Schneider yeah. in the third pair is good. Shisterkin, is their goal any good or no? Yeah, Shisterkin right? did Vesna? come back down to earth a little bit, though. Yeah, but from the heights of Mount Everest yes. to, you know, K2 or something. So it's he's still very effective. Man. Connor uh, McGregor at the game. Yeah. At Madison Square. In full nine-piece suit. Really? Oh, yeah. He was there. So I'd give him a one-day contract. <laughs> just to sit on the bench and just stare guys down. Not is a fan. Is Not there a fan anyone in sports that you recognize is a complete dip, but you fully enjoy them anyway? I'm a big, I'm a big fan of McGregor, and I realize he's a scummy dude. I hate his guys. <laughs> yeah, he's an awful guy. I hate his the guys. worst type of person. Well, there's there's not an awful a, guy. Perfect fourth line guy. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd love That's him on the fourth I line. What I want on my fourth line. Yeah, I, I don't like really any UFC stuff a whole yeah. lot. Uh, but he is—he stands alone for me as a despised guy. Oh, he's awful. Tiger awful Woods dude. is not a good person. Yeah, big fan. Listen, I've been. Let's not get into that. No further comments or questions at the oh, yeah. end of it, right? Listen, Michael Jordan's no hero, you know. Listen, I got. Yeah, don't meet your. Uh, Can't help it. Don't meet anyone else. You want to take a run up before we go to break? You're some of the greatest athletes on earth. I'm good for now. <laughs> <laughs> I despise that dude. <laughs> All right. All right. Get us to break, will you? All right. Um, Arif Dean is going to talk abs after the break and their chances of coming back and winning another Stanley Cup. That and more. We'll get your predictions, boys, before we go uh, off air on Toronto and Colorado. All right. Quick break, and we're back after these words. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Okay, we welcome in Eric Dean. Covers the... Colorado Avalanche for Mile High Sports. He also hosts Hockey Mountain High. Arif, how are you? I'm good, Nick. How are you? We're well. Thanks for joining us. Um, just want to get into the abs, who the Leafs will see tonight, and just where they are. It's uh, I said earlier in the show, it's almost as if uh, one step forward, two steps back when it comes to them <laughs> dealing with these uh, injury issues. Yeah, I mean, it's been, that's been the entire season. It's kind of been a drag. And I have to say, like, I respect the heck out of whatever John Cooper and the Tempe Lightning have been doing these last four, three, four years is so impressive because the Avalanche won one cup and everything has just been a drag for this team from injuries to just getting through the regular season. It's, it's kind of crazy to think that they're 17, five and three in their last, whatever, 25, 26 games or so, because it's just been, bad news after injury, after bad news, after, uh, you know, an unfortunate trade deadline, if you want to put it that way. It's just been a very strange regular season for the team. So are they on track to get everyone back? Could they be fully healthy come a playoff run? <clears throat> the only one that's a little bit of a question mark, well, a big question mark right now is Gabriel Anderskog, and it's not by any means a small, you know, part of their lineup. Like, yeah. obviously, Arturi Lekkinen just broke his finger, which... 
it wasn't confirmed, but I don't know if you saw the replay for his second goal in Montreal. He deflected a shot from the point on the power play that him and the glove and went in. And I'm pretty sure that's the one that broke his finger. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, similar to, yeah, similar to Ryan O'Reilly, it's about a four to six week timeline. So he should be back. Josh Manson is expected back by the end of March. Uh, Darren Helm looks to be getting closer. Curtis McDermott's not really a regular, but he's getting closer. Uh, Pavel Francouz is uh, a little bit of a ways away, but he should be ready. Same for Eric Johnson. The only question the old, the entire season has and continues to be Gabe Landeskog's health, which went from, you know, back on July 13th, the day that free agency opened, we talked to Chris McFarlane and he said, nobody from the Stanley Cup team is going to have any lingering issues in training camp. Mm-hmm. And then we got to training camp and Gabe Landeskog and Darren Helm weren't dressed. Uh, and then Gabe Landeskog, we found out that when he started skating again in August, he started to feel some knee discomfort. Then he had another procedure. They said it was a 12-week recovery. 12 weeks came and went. He still hasn't been recovered. And now it's gone from they expect him back in mid-March, late March, to fingers crossed he even plays a game. He is skating now, though. He's training every day. He's, is there a sense that he's getting stronger and and, and you know, he will be a part of this. He is getting stronger, but he's still in like just the early, early stages. The first day he took the ice, we went out to watch him at the practice rink and it was a very robotic, like working on half a stride at a time. He started to ramp it up a little bit, but not to a point where he looks healthy enough to even be part of like a full practice and a non-contact, let alone taking contact. So it's been a very slow progression for him, but He is making those steps, and it just kind of seems, I mean, my prediction with him is, like, if he does come back, it's going to be one of those things where, as silly as it sounds, he's just, he's not ready until he is. Like, you know, last year in the Stanley Cup final, Kadri missed game one, and, you know, we saw him walking around the hallways with a sling on his hand, and then he missed game two, and then they flew to Tampa, and he flew with the team, and we're like, well, there's no reason for this, and he missed game three, and then we showed up to game four, and he was in morning skate taking part in line rushes on the power play. So that, like, sudden Nazem Kadri is going to play, I feel like is if Gabe Landeskog plays this year, it's going to be pretty similar to that. We're going to not expect it until eventually he just says, you know what, I'm ready to go. A player like Josh Manson, for obvious reasons, doesn't get uh, you know the spotlight on him uh, like Landis Cog, but we know how coveted those guys are at the trade deadline. Tough, stay at home, uh, playoff hockey kind of guy. It just seems a little strange to me that he was in the lineup, then out of the lineup. Clearly, he's got some issues yeah. going on. But what are the odds that this guy's going to be able to play every day uh, or every other day for the Avalanche to try to win a second Stanley Cup? And um, what have they been like with, the, you know, the lack of his presence? So I'll answer that second part first. The conversation around the Toronto Maple Leafs missing Jake Muzzin the entire season until they eventually added sort of a Jake Muzzin light and coincidentally Jake McCabe is, is what you notice when Josh Manson's not in the lineup. Like he was, I think we, we don't, put enough credit on what the avalanche did at the deadline last year, not in the sense of like, you know, everybody talks about how the ads didn't, you know, they didn't add the big name. They didn't get the Claude Giroux or this year's version of Patrick Kane. They went out and added guys like Arturi Lekin and Josh Manson, but like Josh Manson to me, doesn't strike me as the type of player that, you know, 
just like slightly put them over the edge. He strikes me as the kind of guy that was the exact type of D-man they were missing on that line. Because, you know, Byron, Taves, McCarr, Sam Gerrard, all smaller guys that play a very similar style game. They can be physical, but not to the extent of what Josh brings. So he's very much a key piece of this lineup. He He's the only guy on the team that does what he does. And when he's missing, in my opinion, it hurts a lot more than when you're missing the Bo Byram or Sam Gerrard, because when Byram's out, Sam Gerrard and Kel McCarr can pull weight and vice versa. So he is a key piece of the team now. The injury thing, it was whatever injury was hampering him earlier in the season is why he was out again. And Jared Bednar made that very clear. It was the same thing with Darren Helm. He entered the lineup and exited again because of the same injury that was hurting him earlier. Kel McCarr with his concussions, same exact thing. So it kind of strikes me like the Avalanche were kind of rushing guys back a little early, but now they're taking a more you know, wait and see approach with him. You know, Jared the other day did something that he hasn't done all season. Well, he gave a pretty specific timeline with Josh. He said he'll play games by the end of March. And it kind of seems and sounds like they're taking it really slow with him, making sure that they don't mess it up this time so that he's out another week or two later. Because the last time he returned, his very first game back against the Minnesota Wild, he was so impactful and it was so noticeable again similar to what you notice with the Leafs when they added Jake Muzzin or Jake McCabe it was very it gave the team a very different look on the blue line and um, they would be silly to rush him back at this point because they know how important he is in the playoffs you know, Kale McCarr is a guy who, you know, I expect to be a Norris top three guy for the next decade, essentially. But, you know, statistically this year, maybe not quite at the levels people thought he may be. Um, has he been hampered by the concussions? I see he has 10 points in his last five games. So it seems like he's doing okay. What do you make of Kale McCarr's season to date? Uh, early in the season, he was just kind of asked to do way too much for way too much time on ice. He he never really had much of a summer break, and then he came back, and he was playing a lot of minutes. There were some games this year where he was playing 32-plus minutes, and it was oh in you know in that same, no, yeah, there was the November-December stretch where a lot of guys were playing those minutes, playing up into January. He played, in December, he played upwards of 31 minutes against the Islanders. In November, upwards of 32 against Dallas, upwards of 32 against Carolina, and he did that in a three-game stretch. Uh, he just was playing way too many minutes, relied on to wait to do way too much. Bowen Byron missed three months. Josh Manson missed three months. It was him and Caves and Gerard. Gerard had an unbelievably slow start to the season. Uh, his season has completely turned around since New Year's Day. New Year's Eve was that game against the Maple Leafs where Toronto came to Denver and, and, and you know really embarrassed the Avalanche six to two. But since then, Gerard has pulled his weight, so that's taken minutes away. Obviously, having Bo back has taken minutes away. Josh at times. Uh, the Avalanche haven't had all five of their top defensemen healthy and in the same game. So that's Kale and Devon. That's Josh and Byram. And then that's uh, Sam Gerrard is on the third pair as the number five guy. All five of those guys haven't played the same game since November 4th in Finland. So when they have all five of those guys, with number six being you know any number of Jack Johnson, Eric Johnson, or Brad Hunt, it'll really ease the pressure off of him. But for times this season, kind of like Nico Rantanen, he's just had to play way more minutes than he's used to and than he should be coming off the Stanley Cup run. We're talking to Arif Dean, who covers uh, the Colorado Avalanche for Mile High Sports. Uh, So much talk over uh, Darcy Kemper leaving after winning a Stanley Cup. 
the thought of uh, Georgiev coming in now and, and trying to anchor this team down, uh, has, he, has he done what he needed to do this year to make people believe that he could be the goalie uh, to maybe win a second championship? Oh, I, I, I think so. I, I don't know, Nick and Justin, have you guys ever talked to Alexander before? No. He's, yeah, he's, he's such, I, like, I've yet to meet, and it doesn't come off as arrogant. It's just confident. I've yet to meet a more confident guy than Alex Georgiev. When, he, when you talk to him about being a starter and going on these long stretches, like the other day I told him, you know, you're tied with Igor Shosturkin in wins, uh, tied for fourth in the NHL or something, and he kind of just looked, at me, looked up at me and said, oh, I know. And he just, he has this confidence to him, like, I got this, I can do this. Whenever people throw out stats, like, you know, you played this game, you played, I think it was 12 consecutive games. It's always like, yeah, I'll play every night. And that's always what I've wanted. He always tries to reflect back to, this is what I've always wanted. This is what I've always said I've wanted. Kind of reminding everybody of his time in New York and why it went the way it did. So it seems like he's always thought he could do this, but it was hard to really gauge if that was a smart move by the avalanches you know management until he started to play he had a little bit of a blip there in november december when or maybe mid-december through mid-january when the entire avalanche did but uh he's been incredible since frankie has been in and out of the lineup the backup at all francois and uh georgie's been carrying the weight and his numbers they look very similar to what darcy kemper had last season in the regular season and the difference is, you know, with a fully healthy decor, his numbers are only, you know, probably going to get better. And he hasn't had a healthy decor all season like Darcy did a year ago. All right, last one for me, Eric. I just want to get a sense for the Central Division and if you can handicap that for us. Like, how important is it that this Avalanche team climb the, the standings and, and get home ice or anything of that? Uh, is that important for them or is this a team that just wants to get in? It's funny. I, I asked Jared that two months ago when it looked like they were, you know, stuck in a wild card position. Maybe not two months ago. Maybe about six weeks ago when they started winning games. And he said, "Oh, you know, we're we're not there anymore. Like we're confident in getting in. We were great on the road last year. You know, if you remember in the playoffs last year, they lost one road game and it was Game Three in Tampa. They didn't lose. They were nine and one on the road in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you know, he kind of." you know, reminded us of that and said, we don't really care about home ice advantage anymore. Then they started going on this run. They went 14, two and two. And then I asked him again and he said, you know what? First place is within reach. We kind of wanted and Nathan McKinnon said he was score watching and he wants it too. So it, they kind of go back and forth on it. I think they do want the higher seed, but whether they play Minnesota or Dallas or one of the wild card teams, be it Winnipeg or I don't know, Nashville, if they make a run or Calgary, if they, have some miracle run or even Seattle. Like, I don't think any of those teams really scare the avalanche. I think the two that could give them a little bit of pause are Vegas a little bit and Dallas even more because Dallas plays a very heavy game. So I don't, I, I don't think they're concerned about when they play Dallas. I just think that they'll have to get through Dallas to make it to the Stanley cup. Uh, if they want to do it again, there's a chance right now that Minnesota can catch the stars and they end up in a two, three matchup with the stars, or there's a chance that they catch the stars and have Minnie and Dallas play, you know, in the two, three, or maybe they play Minnesota, but the stars are the one team that I think concerns them home ice on the road. It doesn't really matter. Uh, they won't admit it, but Dallas is the only team that I think gives them a bit of pause. They went into Dallas the other day and lost, I think it was seven, three was the final. And, um, 
if you look back at the last three times the Avs have lost in the playoffs, in 2019, they lost to Pete DeBoer and the Sharks. In 2020, they lost to Dallas. In 2021, they lost to Pete DeBoer and Vegas. Put it all together, you got Dallas coached by Pete DeBoer, and it's, it's a tough matchup for them. Eric, if I'd be remiss if I had you on the show and I didn't ask you this next question. Uh, our producer, Sammy's a huge Dennis Malgin fan, and uh, <laughs> just wondering how he's doing. Uh, he's been he's been spectacular. He's been he's been so fun to talk to. He had a very similar stretch to what he had with the Toronto Maple Leafs to start the year, where he was getting all these opportunities and all these breakaways, and he just couldn't bury the puck. <laughs> and now suddenly he's got six. Now he's got six goals in his last thirteen games. Wow! <laughs> like it, it, yeah, they he's can't been afford him. So, <laughs> yeah, right. So here's here's a fun fact: Arturi Lekin and Jad the lineup. Guess who's stepping into the top six tonight? There you go. It's yes. Morgan time, baby. We'll yep. be watching. <laughs> Sammy will be watching with regret. <laughs> Eric, yes, really appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks so much, Eric man. Dean. That was a terrific job. Knows them in and out. Yeah, Morgan, uh, six goals in 13 games. Who'd have thunk it? Could he be Kelly Arncroft on the top line with Matthews and Morgan? <laughs> Let me save you uh, time on that. No. No, You've been Malgin right out of the league. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, what's he going to... And then the Malgin came out of your mouth. I almost threw my phone through the desk. Uh, that'll be a good watch tonight listen there are limits to leave fandom where it's like surely that won't happen surely that won't surely mason uh, it's like, it's like surely, a five million it's like surely, it's like surely uh rasmus sandine won't get another <laughs> assist last night and play 26 more minutes surely dennis malgan won't have six goals in his last 13 games and play the top six in san jose hey it's uh, like there's no uh, there's no end to the curse <laughs> like it's just every aspect of being a leaf fan has to be just jammed down your throat at all point times so he was talking about this is true he was talking about kale mccarr's uh time on ice and so i was just giving it a quick perusal a game against the Oilers this year, a regular season game, he played 33-09. 60 minutes. Uh, they went to overtime. overtime. All he did was have a goal, an assist, plus two, the OT winner, you know, all that. 33 minutes plus. That's wild. It's going to be fun watching him tonight. Yeah. He's rolling. Like I said, 10 points in his last five games. Uh, yeah. So, you I, know, put a bell on him. I think they... They are just, with all these injuries and all these guys, it just shows you what a war the playoffs are. Like, if these these guys never, the short summer, you get little things you pick up over having to play that much more hockey than everybody else. And I But then Tampa's their cyborgs. They don't really have, none of their guys <laughs> get hurt. It's tough not to leave the show with some optimism about the opposition, though, that Tampa has been through this. They've been there. Whether you win the cup or not, you play until June. So... They can have a 500 record for like the last month, month and a half. And then you watch them last night and you go, okay, that, that team would, that team's scary. Yeah. And like no biggie, but like Tampa's two points behind the Leafs. They're not 10 points behind them. They're two points behind them. So yeah, you can't be dropping points to the Sabres when you're up two nothing with no. 10 minutes left in the second period. No, you certainly cannot. Like watching Hagel last night yeah. in that first period on the, I, I, Focused on the Ranger game. I know you, Sammy, you watched a lot more of it than I did. I, but did, the pre I did my pre-scout. You, yeah. you can see in the highlights that, oh, okay, 
I, I get the two first rounders for this guy. See him rip it off the bar? Didn't even score, but he ripped it. So I, I think that their decor is definitely nowhere near as good as it was last year. Like no. we talked about McDonough, but like Radish is playing a lot. Perbix, like, you know, Chernak got hurt last night and he was, he's not even that great or whatever. But their forward depth is obscenely scary. It is. Like, I know they're fourth line. You can talk about how, like, they're not really the factor I'm worried about. But you look at Sorelli scored last night. Hagel scored last night. Kalorn, Kalorn scored, scored last, last night. Like, it's just the second wave. Yeah. We heard from Ray Ferraro talking about Hedman, who's not having, uh, as Ray put it, uh, you know, a banner season. Is there any stock at all on that being a good thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, or is it the fact that Morgan isn't at his best of uh, of, of his game either, and maybe that's a wash? Is that is that just no. hopeful thinking? Yeah, probably. You know, I... Okay. All right, <laughs> never mind. Hey, I really appreciate the positivity. <laughs> yeah. I really do. I'm trying, Sammy. You know, though, like with Victor Hedman, like this guy's a future Hall of Famer. He's He is 32, and so some people think that's prime for, you know, for a D-man. That's not old, right? That's still a number where you can be really good. But he's 32 and off playing 1,000 games in a, you know, in a row here. He's had four deep runs, and he's been the guy play, playing 25, 30 minutes a night. Like, if there were more miles on his knees, is my point, it would be understandable were he to be slowing down a bit. He's got 43 points in 63 games this year. He's not doing Honestly, nothing. I'd, I'd, like, send him... Send him to, like, Florida. Oh, no, wait a second. Send him somewhere, though, to, like, to, to raise point, like, shutting down, he said, Patrice Bergeron for, like, four out of six games. I don't care. Yeah. Like, isn't that the perfect guy to just... Let him rest. Like, from here on end. You're finishing in the 2-3 battle. Don't worry about home ice. Just make sure your guys are at their best. He has, in the playoffs over the past four years, it's been 17 to 25, 23, 23 games. Played 155 Aren't playoffs. Aren't you guys just sick of this? <laughs> just, just. I love that one your best year. leave hope is that the other team just doesn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Aren't they just sick of this? <laughs> like, you guys just go away. One year, just be done with it. Pay yeah. them off. Yeah, just beat it. That's how the MLSE will finally wield its wealth. Throw it at the, the other team to go away. So any, we didn't really nail down on the Bruins. I don't know if you guys watched any of that game last night. Once again, I was watching just grinding so a horrible games. start for the bruins yeah and then they they chip away and they come back they took the lead at one point and three, then two. the house caved in uh boris kachuk scored he looked like honestly a prime ovechkin i don't know if you saw the goal that he scored no. but he caught forbart forbart going the wrong way and just pulled it into the inside he tripped over his feet he comes down goes top corner to me boris kachuk former tampa bay lightning player yeah and radish in the same trade right yeah. i just to me, watching the game, it looked like a team that doesn't care about the game. Like, it's like, you know, it's not just the Leafs that has nights against crappy teams where, you know, they're like, you know, I'm really having a tough time getting up for this. And it's, it's a reminder. The Leafs do it way more. But there are other teams that do it from time to time. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bruins have given up 11 goals to, I believe it was Detroit, Chicago, to the back-to-back opponents. They lost to Edmonton, so they've lost three of their last four. And this is not to say that they're going away. But, yeah, I mean, it's tough to sustain. And, and I'm sure 
nice to see for whoever a first-round opponent may be that, like, they can falter, they can give up a cluster and maybe get in the goalies' heads. And, boy, Marchand last night took a bad fall, like, caught an edge close to the boards and, like, his knee kind of got twisted up and he banged into the boards. I was like, oh, my. this And it, all I thought was Kipper being like, just don't get hurt. This time of year, just don't get hurt. Like, it feels like there's going to be one – I guess it's Shvetchenkov would be the big one, but there's going to be another one where it's like, yes. oh my god, yeah, yeah, you know, you just and you just hope it's not. There's, there's in luck blue and involved white. in winning a Stanley Cup. There a is. lot. The other thing too is if, if if Tampa is running out of gas or they're finally it's catching up to them, they they shouldn't have been so physically dominating over New Jersey, should they? Yeah, and, and you saw that. You yeah. saw that push. Like, did they run them over last night? Yeah, they did. They did, yeah. They took it to them. And that's, to me, that's the concern with New Jersey is that they're a team more susceptible to that. The Leafs are trying to ensure against allowing that. Like I said to you guys on this show, Tampa Bay is the number one team in the NHL in penalty minutes. They will take it right to you and see if you can hold up. Go after Vasilevsky and see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) You got to take five of them are taking penalties. Yeah, you don't get within a stick's length of their crease, but you're going to have to. We're going to take some abuse and hope your power play can can do it. I don't know. We had a Gary Bettman presser today, Sammy. Oh, one more time? We had a Gary Bettman yeah, presser sorry. today. I was I don't know what happened there, but I couldn't oh, hear you. You're fine. Uh, we have some clips from it. Would you like to hear any? I would Not like... really. No? <laughs> you don't want to hear Gary? <laughs> okay. I heard Gary give the we promo some... to, to Big City Green. We got some time. So... Every, everything's hunky-dory, I bet. So... These are all, uh, the clips are about the divisional playoffs working well. There's uh, expansion. There is, uh, what else we got here? Uh, And about the cap going up. So which one would you like? Start with the cap. Yeah. Start with the cap? Okay. Let's see what we got here. If we even exceed those projections, there's a possibility that the escrow gets paid off and the cap goes up more. But that's a possibility. I I think it's more likely than not we will still see an escrow balance. Uh, But, you know, I suppose there's always a possibility of discussions uh, once the new executive director of the Players Association, uh, who I believe officially starts today, and we welcome Marty Walsh to the NHL family. Uh, But, you know, subject to that, um, it appears that the cap will go up a million. There is the possibility that the cap could go up more and the escrow will be paid off. It's all on Marty. To me, that's negotiating is what that yeah. is. A hundred percent. Yeah. And if there's a feeling that Gary will go back to the players and say, hey, listen, you want to you know, open this up again, it always comes with what do we get? I need a sweetener. Yeah. And yeah oh, it, it's you guys who want the cap up. I'm sure the league like, wants the there, cap there, up, there's, too. There's no sweetener. There's no. There's nothing. It's got to be like you're not getting anything. The owners aren't getting anything back. That's the first thing Marty's got to tell them. Yeah. That if we talk, you're not getting anything. Right. And I don't know if future considerations exist in a negotiation of, a ma- of that magnitude, but that would be what... Batman saying like okay like we'll do this for you but you guys owe us one here this is for you we're doing this for your players type of thing he's kind of caught too because he must want the cap to go up no like big market teams want the cap to go up the 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 small market teams don't want it well for com- competitive reasons 
because it's, they got they don't want the cash. They don't want to deal with the cash. It's not a Mickey Mouse league. I'm if you can't afford right to pay now, for players that don't own a team. There, there's there's more teams that want to not have the cap go up than there are cap <gasps> going up. And I don't believe Toronto. you for a second. No way, Kim. Yes. No, no. And let me tell you something. What what probably isn't getting uh, probably talked about enough is this whole uh, Bally Regional yeah. bankruptcy guys. Yeah. Like that we're we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars here. We're talking about of revenue for the 50, HRR that's gone. Fifty percent. You're exactly right. Fifty percent of whatever that number is belongs to the player contracts. Alan Wall shared it out. It was what eight billion or something. No, eight, <laughs> total eight, eight, eight billion. Eight billion is what uh, the the debt is. Yeah. Okay. Right. We don't know exactly what the number what is the with league with, was uh, and we are talking. I think a dozen or thirteen teams. Mm-hmm. Some are making like better money than others. Yeah. I, who knows how it all falls in, but like they're going to walk away from owing that money. Yeah, and now the NHL is caught. So the question is: Do they completely disappear, or do they go back and say, "Hey, we're going to hang around, but uh, we're going to have to come up with a new number"? Mm-hmm. So you you are as a as a league. Hopefully, Gary can go back and recoup some of this money that's lost. How much? Don't know. That does sound problematic indeed. Well, it just seems so Mickey Mouse to me to be scrapping over a million bucks here or there or whatever, talking about franchise worth is a billion dollars. They're trying to sell that that to us. Don't say Mickey Mouse. Big City Greens. Big City Greens. Brought yeah. to you by... There's a team that's uh, in the NHL. Their average attendance is 4,600 people. Mm, that's not good. I I know of a team... 4,600. So, I know. So listen... Uh, it's my junior team. London Knights, the London gonna, Knights draw better than the Arizona oh, yeah, Double. Who knows how this thing's going to uh, play out uh, in the next few years, this lost regional money. But that's, that's real cash, cash flow, mm-hmm. that will affect certain teams. And just talking to somebody with, with one particular team that says, you know, we're, we're cash poor. Yeah. You know, that's, that's real money. That's not going to be there for us. You know what they need then? More teams in the league. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what is going on? You know who's not cash poor? Who's that? Ryan Reynolds. No, he is cash opposite of poor. Did he just sell again? He started a company, this mobile company. Mint Mobile? Just yeah. sold it. Him and his, I'm, I'm sure he's a minority partner. I don't know what his cut would be out of $1.35 billion. Is that what they sold it for? Yeah. God, everything he touches turns to gold. He's making a mint. Well, sorry. Is that good news for Ottawa Senator fans? Everything he touches turns to silver or gold. Company. He owns 25%. That he's liquefying some assets, I would say, is an encouraging sign. So it's probably around $300 million. Okay. Club. That's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, yeah small but he gets half of it to taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would like to hear about expansion from Gary Bettman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. There continues to be uh, a number of people, entities, and cities expressing interest in having an NHL franchise where they don't have one. 
places like Atlanta, like Houston, uh, like Quebec City. But we're not in an expansion mode right now. And it's not really something, at least right now, that's anywhere close to front burner for us. Is he pronouncing Houston? Houston. Houston. Interesting. That's huge. Um, can you really, can anybody really see expansion with what's going on in Arizona? Like, aren't we talking relocation before we ever utter the words expansion? Please. Can the team be temporarily relocated? Can they let them entertain one of these fan these cities that has an arena? Go play in Kansas City or at the Videotron in Quebec City for a couple of years here so we don't have to look at this debacle? Yeah, but it'd be like, you know, be like letting a dog go live at somebody else's house for two years. They ain't giving it back. Well, I wonder when, they go, to, when they go to Quebec, great. it's like they. But I wonder then you say, okay, Quebec, you're going to have this franchise for three years. They're, they're going to go back once they get a new barn, and then we'll give you your Nordiques part de. Part, I just get rid of 10 teams. That's the better idea. <laughs> How good would other teams get? And the budgets would be huge. All of a sudden, it's massive payroll for. Big the games teams. would be off the charts good. Be playoff if games. They, if they shut down teams, yeah, well, I, the product it, would get better. Pony, was it you that was talking about this? I mean, or was it JD about there's just not enough goalies for expansion? Yeah. Like, you can't, there's, all the goalies suck now. <laughs> there's like, there's one, there's like one really good goalie, and then there's kind of the rest, right? It's like, there's, there's like, feels like there's 15, 20 guys and then about you know what, 80 guys in a pool that are all about the same. You know, what's kind of ironic is that like in the era where there was no real like goalie coaches yeah. or teams of goalie this and goalie that and all these clinics, there were better goalies. But it made sense that the below average guys couldn't be brought up to looking good or okay. Like, they couldn't f- just be positional and do the right moves and make saves like they can now. Like, then it was, it was athletic and guys who read the play really well. And I think it allowed the great guys to stand out. Now, the worst goalie in the NHL is an unbelievable goalie. But there's no separation between them and the best guy. You know, they're all kind of the same guy now, it feels like. Yeah, with the exception of one space between your ears. Right. Yeah. And that's what separates, you know, the top 10 from the a bottom. A competitor 100. like Vasilevsky, who, you know. Who just, as soon as the games get big, as soon as the games get big, he's, the goals just don't go in the net. Yeah. It's a little piece of so one here and there. Like, uh, where, 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 where did we lose mentally tough goalies? I don't know. I just, I think it's not that the best guys got worse. I think it's that the worst guys got better. And it all kind of yeah, they all fit in a pile now. That's that's well said, buddy. Um, we got another. Yeah, we got. Uh, it's about the it's about the divisions. So if you wanted to piss off everybody listening, we can listen to it. So yeah, let's, especially you. Yeah, let's listen to it. Yeah. If you've been tracking it for the last month, uh, there isn't much difference between either format. We think, oh and God. and I think it can is concurred with with the general managers. What we've got works really well. Yeah. I know that some people may have a preference for doing things differently, but this is working well, and we don't, we're not looking to make any changes. Do you guys oh, concur? I concur. You concur? Gary Batman. And for- <laughs> Gary Batman. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Although, 
you know, it doesn't it doesn't always work in your favor, but it just makes more sense. Even if you don't like the matchup you draw right now, one to eight just makes more sense. This is another instance of Bettman being like, we've talked to people and everyone actually likes this. You guys are wrong. This is actually super popular and we've done internal polling. Yeah, they, they, it was the same people that like the board ads. Yeah, actually, we've done internal testing and people are super into it. Like, I saw this um, tweet from Active Stick, who does a great job. Yeah. And he did a big thing talking about, you know, regulation wins for teams in the last, since 2018, 2019. The top three teams in the NHL in regulation wins in the last four or five seasons, Tampa Bay, 218, Boston, 217. Atlantic Division. Toronto Maple Leafs, 206. Yeah. It's just, it is a gripe that's coming from Leaf fans. I understand that. But they matter the most. If it were one to five, one to eight right now, let me ask you. It'd be you, Tampa, probably. No, it'd be the Rangers. <laughs> but at least there's... Who would you pick? Leafs, Rangers? Leafs, Rangers. You want Leafs. the Rangers or you want the Bolts in round one? I, I would take Rangers all day long. Would you? Oh, yeah. I think I, think I tend to agree with Kipper, but that's I not a... Tampa. That's not a great choice either. No, it's not. But, like, at least there's some intrigue that you could move up or move down. Or... Say, what's interesting is you're, you know, then you're five points behind the Devils. You got a game in hand. If you catch them, then it's Pittsburgh. You know, that's a different look. You know, there's some, there's more room for late season playoff races, which if you're the NHL might be the most appealing part. There's more room for drama in the standings. So if we catch New Jersey, we play Tampa. Ah, good point, Derek. Anyway. There's still there's some compelling format there where you can it, it it's interesting longer into the season. Outside of that, it's everything's great. Everything's great. The league's great. The rules are great. Six billion dollar industry, great. I just great. hate his, everything's great. I hate his tone. He's just he's so condescending. Does he have to be like that to be the the, the commissioner, or is that just years of being in well, he, that position? He's just. Defensive from the get-go, but... Condescending is the better word. Yeah, it is. But you go to any company, CEOs at the top. Well, I was thinking like dropping, Goodell, you know, Silver. But Silver's 15, not like that. 20 Silver's million like a year. Come on. Roger Goodell makes $44 million a year last I checked. Well, and the commissioner of baseball literally just saved the league, so we have to uh, give oh, with him the credit. Pitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone hate that guy like oh, 10 minutes the, ago? He was the most hated Manfred? man in the world because of they were doing contract negotiations during COVID. Like oh, about yeah. like they weren't going to play because they couldn't get the the owners and the players couldn't get it figured out and they finally did or what whatever. What else besides the pitch clock? They went to bigger, no bigger bases. Bases and, and no shift. How's that working out? Great. More stolen bases. Really? One of the most exciting plays in baseball and you don't you can't shift, right? So you can't bring the second uh, second baseman on the shortstop side or vice versa. I hate that so much. What? Do not tell the defense how they can choose to defend the offense. That's Yeah, you, you just love bouncing out to the you just guy. just hit it on the other side Well, that's the idea. The offense should have to adjust. That's yeah. I understand that, like, basketball, you can't, like, stand in the key. I get that there are sports that yes. limit some def- defensive movement. I have no time for it. Yeah, I want to see the big left-handed power hitter try to hit a home run. Instead of him being like, oh, I better bloop this one down the third baseline. Like, it's more exciting. Base yeah, hits, three, baby. Three true outcomes suck. Get the ball uh, in play. Yeah, yeah but now there's going to be more balls in play because there's not as many shifts. Well, guys were only swinging for home runs before. When there's shifts, you're supposed to adjust. Ah, uh, it's bad take. All right, whatever. Okay. Bring it up with Ben. He'll love that take. Sammy, you're not going for two, two for two this week in predictions, okay? I'm telling you that right now. Okay, yes, I am. We Dennis got- Malgan goal. 
at least one. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to bet that. I don't usually bet these, but I'm definitely betting a Malgan goal tonight. Uh, I like the Leafs to win tonight. Mm-hmm. It's a good team. They had a bad performance. I think Leafs win 4-2 tonight. It is, it is a good spot. Coming mm-hmm. off the usual disappointment, get their attention with the abs. I think it's a, a, a close close game, but I think the Leafs win tonight too. I got high scoring game tonight. Yeah? Yeah, I got a ton of goals tonight. 6-4, Leafs, Leafs don't even want that outcome seven, in a win. Four. Right? Leafs come in here tomorrow. We're yeah. sitting here, and they, they've won 7-5, and Samsonov got – well, no one gets yeah, pulled in this I team. Don't so. No, yeah. he's not getting pulled. Has anyone been pulled this season? Yeah, one another? time. One time? Murray got pulled once. Cramps? What? No. <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice, he says. He was uh, – wasn't it Shalgrim? He got pulled for bad a bad performance. That would be nice. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think once. One time. All right, just like that, two hours gone. Great show. Great right, show. Yeah, good job. Good Eddie Olchuk, Ray Ferraro, Arif Dean. Uh, great insight on the avalanche. Should be fun tonight. Like I said, hopefully we see some goals and, and maybe some, some big saves as well. That would be nice. Good mix tonight. All right, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance. We'd love to hear from you. Thumbs up on our YouTube channel. Have a safe night. Enjoy the games. And we're back. To wrap it all up again tomorrow on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show.